Welcome to Noir Professionals. I'm Sam. And I'm Siobhan. And today our topic is going to be about living your best life. So Sam and I have been talking on and off for quite some time about goals that we have, things that we want to do with our life, and how things are going as we're striving for this hashtag live your best life life. And one day she just told me, you're having a midlife crisis. And I was like, no, not at all. That's not possible. And I think in one of our previous podcasts, we even touched on this a little bit. So we decided that we wanted Mm -hmm. to have an episode to share with you guys about midlife crisis, the signs, and how today's culture of social media and careers and needing to do everything and being the best at everything is creating a culture where people are having midlife crises at an earlier age. So a midlife crisis Mm -hmm. is defined as an emotional crisis of identity and self-confidence that can occur in early middle age. And the age was typically 45 to 60 years old. And when the term was originally created in 1965 by Elliot Jacques, a psychoanalyst, he was really referring to middle-aged white men. And that's how most people typically think of when they, or typically what they think of when they hear the words midlife crisis, right? An older man that's leaving his wife, he's got a young, you know, woman on the side, he's got to get a race car, that's all that he's looking for. And that's what people think a midlife crisis is about. But in researching for this topic, what we found is that that's not typical anymore. Midlife crisis are not just geared toward men. And it's not just white men. Anyone can suffer from a midlife crisis. I mean, come on, we have busy lives. Like Sam, wouldn't you say you've got a lot going on and a lot on your plate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I also would argue the age that they're speaking about because I swear I've been going through midlife crisis since 30. So, and I think they call that like a pre-midlife crisis or something like that, some other term. But for me, it's all one and the same. I mean, it just seems like it's just rolling. It's going to roll right into 45 at this point. <laughs> You're going to have a long-term so, crisis. And so... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's all related to age. So I'm turning another year older in a few days. And every time I have a birthday, I generally think about, you know, what am I doing? Where am I going? How far have I gotten? And how, how much is left? And I think those things, when you hit about 30, I think you really start to consider, okay, time to stop messing around, get my life together, I'm 30 years old. You hit 35, you're like, all right, so either that went well or that didn't go well. You know, so it's just like after you hit 30 and you're, you know, moving into 40, um, I think you really start to go through some sort of crisis. Honestly, I really do. Because you, you everything's changing, especially for women. Because like we, our eggs at 35, it, they're, they're mature. Like now we are what they call geriatric. <laughs> at 35 years old, we have geriatric eggs, you know. So we're in high risk for pregnancy um, for people who have, you know, uh, propensity to have Down syndrome after down syndrome with children after 35 i mean things are changing rapidly once you hit 30 so i feel like pre-midlife midlife crisis like i argue that age i really do i really do so it's happening from 30 to 40 absolutely and what was happening that they're finding is that 
because of how our society is and the way that things are set up, people are starting to experience midlife crisis earlier and that for women, it affects slightly different than it affects men. So there's several signs for you know, the onset of a midlife crisis. And obviously we don't have the time to touch on all of them. So we want to just kind of go over a few to kind of set the tone. So Sam had already touched on it, it's regrets, right? When you're in a midlife crisis, you're kind of looking over the things that have happened in your life and you're like, I regret doing this. And regret can come in the form of so many things. You know, it's, I regret going to this school. I regret going to this major, you know, I I regret meeting him. I regret meeting him. Exactly. I regret that I spent my 20s dating this person. And it seems like when you are going through a midlife crisis, you start to hyper focus on these regrets, right? Because throughout other time periods in your life, when you're younger, you're like, oh, I did this thing. It was silly. And then you move on. So that was definitely something that stood out across multiple platforms was that people start having regrets and they're lingering and they're thinking about them more often. Another one that stood out to me was overwhelm. People in our society are overwhelmed. Um, I think people are working longer. People have more responsibility on their plate. And it's really causing them to stress and feel like they don't have a strong grasp on everything it is that they're trying to accomplish and do in their life, right? So they don't have enough time. They're looking back. They're regretting. It's a start of a bad cycle. Then one that I was really surprised about was personality changes. And I was like, hmm, how would somebody's personality change? But if you think about it, if we're saying that for men, they are leaving their wives, they're getting sports cars, they're spending money on things they wouldn't typically spend on, that's a personality change, right? That's not what they would typically do. Um, For women, it could be, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to become a healer. I'm going to go into yoga. <laughs> now, those of you who are like me, I like to, I have a group, I have a gang, I have a tribe. We call ourselves hot messes, the hot mess moms. It's like it's two or three of us, but when we get together, it's a good time. We um we regress. That's what we do. We regress. And I know when I get with these two folks, these two ladies, um that's my goal. Like I'm going into it. <laughs> And I'm trying to, you know, change um, who I am at that time to live this life that I thought I missed or just have a good time. Let some of the stress off, let some of that feeling of of being overwhelmed, regrets, all those things go to the to the wayside. Um, And I find myself after I've done this a couple of times, like I think we meet up maybe once every year and uh, yeah, about once every year, twice maybe. And we just have a really good time now. When we do this, I found that I start yearning for that more and more because it's so fun, it's so relaxing, it's so just letting loose and letting go. And it's almost like you're you're going back in time to a time where you don't have children, where you don't have bills and stress and things like that to come home to you. You're kind of just letting loose. And um, that I think for me, I have decided my last 30 years, once I get the twins 18, that's me all day. Like I want to live that life where I'm no longer, um, 
you know, I'm just being free, having fun, doing me, whatever that looks like. And I think that's my that's my convertible. If I were a white guy, old white guy going through a midlife crisis, that's me buying my convertible because I don't get to do that when you're bogged down with all that responsibility. And I think like that's going into what you were saying, the onset of could be a contributing factor to the onset of a midlife crisis is all of the responsibility that um, we have as being single parents or as being um, mothers and daughters of of families that have a lot of, um, what do you say, expectations for you, society's expectations Mm -hmm. for you, everyone's expectations for you. You kind of break. You kind of break. I I think that (laughs) my age group, we're just broken. Like, wait, wait, what happened? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. You know, because like all of my peers, you and my other friends, we're just kind of like, shooting by the you know our hips like we don't know what's happening and we really just are thinking about life a lot differently now for Mm -hmm. me I feel like my personality changed when it came to being going through what I believe I am going through regardless of what everyone else says a midlife crisis that's just like ongoing um it's this last half this last 30 years I am determined to show my ass like the full thing i'm gonna show my full ass like i'm going to like live that that life i don't know what it looks like but all i know is i want to be a free bird a free bird i don't want any responsibility on me outside of i paid your tuition this year you know what i'm saying that's it i'm down to just i put the stipend in your bank account you know i don't want to where's the babysitter do you have food for this Do you have food for that no i gave you your share of money i don't know what you did with it you know i'm gone i'm i'm out of the country i'm out of the state i mean i want less responsibility and i want to be able to live that life so for me that's my biggest personality change is my desire for the future and what that future is going to look like. It looks totally different than what I thought it would be 10 years ago. That's for sure. I thought I'd so, be like responsible. <laughs> but you know what? That's actually quite interesting that you say that because I feel like it ties in two last points of a sense of losing yourself. Um, whether it's I have to be all these responsible components I have to be mom I have to be you know home manager time manager finance manager all of these things within your home then you have to go to work to perform and it's kind of finding that identity for yourself right like when am I going to get back to Sam separate from all of these things that I have to do mm-hmm. um and then this one is interesting because it's like your future outlook is bleak but yours doesn't sound bleak you seem like you're very excited you're looking forward to what the future holds it is now like the next five years i'm not at all like uh mind (laughs) you that means that my kids are going to be 18 in five years so the next five years i'm like blah you know because it's just more of the same but i'm looking forward to the the life after that like I think everyone has a point you know we were talking about this the other day when you were like no we even said this on a podcast when we were talking about body image when I lose weight I'm gonna be this and I'm gonna be that you know oh yeah um yes yeah so that's how I feel when the twins turn 18 I'm gonna be free I'm gonna be this I'm gonna be that now they can turn 18 and I'm still like bogged down with responsibility and I'd be so sad I don't know the future but that's what I'm hoping will happen when they turn 18 i can release some of the more heavy responsibility of who's going to watch them, who's going to do this, who's going to do that, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what's really holding me back. People are like, what kind of parent is she? <laughs> no, it's a, that's, holding me back. 
<laughs> that is also very interesting that you're saying people are going to say, right? And that definitely kind of ties into how we came up with the title of Live Your Best Life and tying in social yep. media and technology. So we live in a culture nowadays, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, that the majority of people are highly and intimately and deeply engaged with social media. And it's a constant feed of people hashtag living their best lives. What does that even look like? That's people that are on vacation all the time. So perfect bodies, little bikinis, everybody it seems like on Instagram is in Bali. Like do people not share how expensive the flight is to Bali? The 24 hour flight? I know people were in Bali. Oh, yes. Like, if you go hashtag live your best life on Instagram, that's what you see. Uh, like, just a Barely list of people to be. in Bali or people that are raw vegan, people that um, are juicing, people that have a lot of money, people going on vacations and trips. It's so much, right? And so that creates an atmosphere of a false reality, right? Because if you think about it, oh, everybody... Sure is not living this best life, right? What are these people doing to get these tickets for these flights? What are they doing to not need to have, you know, a job that would tie them down to a place with their, where they're accountable for their time and for what, what they're doing? Um, and over the course of doing this podcast and just in my personal life, I've always looked at like entrepreneurs and business owners. And if you see the quality ones, they will say this entrepreneur lifestyle that you see on Instagram, that's all about flashing money or even on Facebook or just the way people are promoting themselves to gain future clients. It's not accurate. Being a business owner is a lot more than that one picture that you see where somebody's enjoying their time. There's hours and hours of work that go into creating and cultivating oh, yeah. that image and mm-hmm. people are missing that and so they're looking well, at it saying, because they're they're looking at the but it's partly their fault too our fault too because we we make we i think want success so bad sometimes that we we show success even if it's a real success or if it you know like or or manifestation of success because i think like we talked about this before everyone is showing the best moment of their day you know exactly no one is going on to social media and saying look i had this pimple on my face or look at my hair or look at my you know what i mean like no one is saying look my house is dirty Right. And showing pictures of your dirty house because you're behind because you're overwhelmed because you've been at work all week because you, you know what I mean? Like nobody is doing that. Everybody waits till the house is clean. They go to the best park. They go to the best place, you know, and they and then they take the picture. Nobody is taking a picture when you're sitting at home in the dark crying because the boy left or you sitting at home in the dark crying because um, you didn't reach this goal or you feel insignificant or you feel like you didn't do something that you were supposed to do like the darkest moments in people's lives those are not what we're seeing you know but we put on their hashtag live your best life when we have those moments of i think people are going to envy this shot you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. it's really, that's what it's all about. Because my best moments may is, I'll tell you what my best moment is tonight. My best moment is going to be when I'm done with the podcast and I'm in bed watching drama. And let me tell y'all right now, half of my bed is full of clothes that I did not fold. I will not be taking pictures of that. 
And exactly. I was just telling Siobhan <laughs> before we got on the podcast, I'm, I'm, shoot, when I get home, you know what happens? Makeup off, bra off, period. And so I'm not going to be taking no selfies about these things because you know why? We take our selfies and we have our makeup on and we are made up and we have clothes on that we believe is presentable for the world to see or sexy or whatever the case may be. Ain't nobody doing that. So I, I'm just saying like you, I think where you were going with this was... Don't judge your best life, hashtag live your best life off of someone else's social media, which is literally them saying this is a great photo opportunity. <laughs> and what's so interesting, you know? though, is like everyone can say that and everyone in theory knows it, but it seems like people get so caught up in it. And it's this correlation between people getting caught up in what they see on these social media sites. And I always just say Instagram and Facebook because those are the ones that I'm familiar with. But there's other sites out there as well. There's Tumblr, TikTok, all these things, Twitter, right, all these things that people are using to you know, present an image of themselves and of their life. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. creating mm-hmm. stress for people. Um, another yeah. thing that I was finding. I wanted, uh, yeah. Can I just say something? So sure. I have a friend on Facebook and she, <laughs> y'all don't judge me. Okay. She um, puts up there like today I miss so-and-so or having a bad day and, and I always like try to like gloss over it because I'm like, girl, when are you going to have a good day? You know, the good days we don't hear about. We hear about most of her bad days or bad feelings or hurt feelings or whatever the case may be. And as we were just talking about people not showing their true selves and I kind of did a self-reflection like, damn, Sam, I always look at her post as negative Sally when in reality she might be the most honest person (laughs) on my thread that day you know what I mean everyone else is just like living this false life for Facebook living this being a social media great person where she really is giving everyone the real true self which is scary in some respects but it's also like authentic in others you know so me though I just kind of scroll right past it like gosh look at negative negative Nancy over here you know right whereas I should probably you know respect the fact that she's being honest with us you know about how she feels and she's not putting on fronts putting on the air you know with us about her life because it's really like that's how she feels at the moment you know absolutely and I think another area where you see a lot of this and like I was really surprised because I didn't consider this to be something that led to midlife crisis but again the research that I was looking at was leaning more toward midlife crisis in women and it was speaking to our health as women so that biological desire to have children and what I was finding was that women are entering menopause earlier um, and what they call perimenopause so some of this is not just outside circumstances it's things inside like hormonally and chemically going on in your body that are leading you to have these feelings I mean you should speak with a GYN because you technically you technically could be having early signs of menopause. Um, that is something that happened. The research did say, I believe it was 38, but you never know. 
You know, you just never know these days with all the things that are in the air and the things that are in our food. You never know what could be going on. But when I saw that, I also thought about, I have a lot of friends that are moms um, and I'm obviously not a mother, but the pressure in the online community as far as moms, like who's a perfect mom, who mm-hmm. got the kids ready to for mm-hmm. school and mm-hmm. who made the best lunch and who had all these costumes and the kids are in 50, 11 million, you know, <laughs> activities. Yes. And it's just like, it's. I feel like it's a competition to mm-hmm. be this perfect, perfect mom. And That's I'm like, why oh my I goodness. like my tribe. Because we are all like, girl, if you don't drop them kids off somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, we don't judge. You know, like, we go out, we hang out, we do whatever we want. And we're just like, all right, you on your own. Get them kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we are okay with having a life outside of being parents and i think that's a part of living your best life we have to realize like this is something i had to realize recently i think in the last two to three years that i am sam the mother i am sam the daughter i am sam the sister i am sam the friend but i'm also sam just sam just sam and what does sam look like without the kids without the 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 responsibility of being this perfect daughter without the responsibility of trying to figure out how can I reestablish or keep connecting with my sisters or you know what I mean like my nieces and nephews like I'm a poor aunt you know what I mean like I know that and I wish I could be a better aunt and that bothers me but it's like well outside of all those things you know who am I and am I happy and how do I live my best life irregardless independently from those things I think that's the bigger question that we have to ask ourselves like are you living for your children are you living for your mother are you living for your father your sisters your brothers and all these other folks or are you living for yourself you can't live your best life if you haven't answered that question first absolutely and I no I think that's definitely a fair assessment. You have to know what you're looking for. And I also think that in addition to social media putting that pressure on moms, there's also the pressure for that perfect marriage, right? And then there's the societal expectation that as women, we are going to get married, we are going to have children, almost like that's our primary purpose in life. Careers and other things all take a secondary backseat to that. And so how they were saying... Um, in one of the articles that I read is that just like women that are in those areas, so they're married, they have children, um, you know, or they're going through different phases of that particular part of life. There's also the women that are not there, right? So you're Mm -hmm. single, you have no children. There's also that image showing you, why don't you have children? What's wrong with you? You're getting older. And all of that on both sides is what causes some people to start to go down the road of having a midlife crisis because they're, again, with the regrets and the overthinking, oh my gosh, why did I marry this guy? I should have stayed single and had a career for the moms that are married and have kids and then and not careers. Like, you know, they're stay-at-home moms or they don't have the job that they want because they decided to do the family life. And then you have the women on the other side that are like oh my goodness I never got married I never had kids 
I should have been doing X, Y, Z, right? And and all the moms are like, girl, go more power to you. Woo, woo, woo. It's so <laughs> right. funny. It's so funny how that works. Because, like, I talk to you and you're all like, but I want babies and, and, and the husband. And I'm like, girl, bye. Let me hold on. And I, I literally sometimes tell Siobhan on the phone, hold on. And I start fussing at my kids like, girl this boy you know and i'm just like how could you want this life you know what i mean like what do you find romantic about it you know um but it, it's just funny how life looks different for everybody you know it really is just funny that's just how it works exactly and i think what social media does and what i think it's something that's already innate into humans right to want what we don't have because we're always striving to get to the next thing and i think biologically we just want to further the species now whether some people decide they don't want to have children that's a personal you know decision like i think the world's overpopulated or i don't want to spend my finances on somebody else right but i feel like Mm -hmm. social media's pull on everyone it makes you seem like you're not doing one or the other and you're missing out on that when in reality like we said just with you know we should take a step back look at your life assess what you need for yourself not comparing to what other people are doing within social media um just do what's going to be best for your life And then the final thing that I wanted to touch on was that because of technology, not so much social media anymore, our jobs have a constant hold on us, right? Like we're always so readily available to our jobs. At least I feel like for myself, and I think the people that I'm acquaintances with, it seems like in our circle, everyone is easily and readily accessible by their job like I have a work phone and a personal phone at any moment I can check emails and it's like oh okay it's 10 o'clock but you're responding to an email that Mm -hmm. type of stress always needing to be on always being able or needing to think about what's happening at your job what does your boss need what does this client need what do you need to do tomorrow never allows you to have time to fully settle in and decompress from the day Mm -hmm. and I feel like that adds up and leads people to start to have, you know, stress. And then the next thing you know, they're starting to go down this funnel of things that lead to having a midlife crisis. Like, oh my gosh, why did I pick this job? This isn't the job that I want. And then they're not able to sleep at night. So they're overthinking, overanalyzing. They're becoming depressed. And it's happening so slowly that they themselves might not realize this simple change that's happening in themselves. For me, it's promotions. It's am I doing the right things to get the next to get to the next level? Because at this age, like you have your own set of goals for your career path. And um, for me, mine is like, okay, I need to answer the email. I need to be available. I need to do the best. I need to do better than the best because you never know who's that person that right networking contact to get you to the next level or that to help you get to the next level so you want to be available you want to be you know um, known as the go-to kind of person the person who works hard you know all these things because you're worried about how do I get to the next level how can I get to the next level because because I want to live my best life it costs money right so (laughs) I need to get 
the next level. I've spent all this money already, so now I need some more, right? So that's the way I get stressed out, and that's why I think I blur the lines. I I badly, badly blur the lines between work and life, which I think could be a whole episode on how to do a work life balance, you know, or and what that looks like. And does it even exist? And does it even exist? And, and and how can we make it? So so I think maybe in the future you'll see something like that come up. But um, for me, in regards to how to how how work life balance plays into living my best life, which plays into maybe me having my ongoing midlife crisis, is um, the promotion every year. Every year I reevaluate like where am I? What have I done? What have I accomplished? What's going well? What's not going well? Reevaluating my career path, my career goals, my career plan that I have. Am I on track with it? If I'm not on track, what can I do this year? to um, get back on track so I was just having this conversation with one someone I look up to because he um, man he's like killing it right now and he and I were talking about you know I was telling him how I was feeling about you know making my career path clear and really diving in all in to um, staying on target with that that's my current goal but that brought on more stress it was crazy. It's like mm-hmm. as soon as I said that, I felt like, oh, who's got it? What I, you know, I, all the questions were going. My mind was racing. Like, how can I do it? How can I do it? How can I do it? So I think like there's a huge correlation between society, social media, age, and expectations. And if we yeah. let go, mm, go ahead. No, I was going to say yes, absolutely. And not even just social media, because you were saying what it is for you is like promotions. But I think the mm-hmm. idea of social media is that we're having, we have an intimate look into other people's personal lives, right? Whereas before in previous generations, they didn't have that. So you didn't know how much other people were making. You didn't really know if they were happy mm-hmm. or if they were taking vacations, yeah. right? Because you only got right. to see your friends' personal pictures if they invited yeah. you over to their house to Shoot. look at the photo you got albums. Polaroids. <laughs> right, exactly. Get so Polaroids you're much more out. focused Shoot. on Put your like no digital. Right. And you think about it, like even now, I don't know how it is out in Arizona, but I think here, like in Jersey, just driving on the turnpike, there's these big signs. Are you saving for retirement? Do you have your retirement together? You know, nobody wants to work forever. It's like even when you're not on these social media platforms, Mm -hmm. everything is always asking you for more it's like comparing it's like oh Susie over here has a million dollars in her 401k I'm not enough um you know these people bought a house at 30 I don't own a home I'm not enough it's this pressure to always perform that's coming from everywhere and I think Mm -hmm. it's important to tie that back in a midlife crisis Mm -hmm. is an emotional crisis of identity and self-confidence so if you're constantly Mm -hmm. doubting your decisions in your personal life in your career with your kids your husband relationships lack thereof that definitely is going to be a blow to your self-confidence and your identity right and then also i think what would be a big blow to your identity is when you have a set 
standard and a goal and an idea of what your life is going to look like and then it doesn't match up for that so i remember when samantha had first said oh siobhan you're having a midlife crisis i was like no i'm not i'm like i'm 34 i can't have a midlife crisis and then as i started looking into this i was like oh i see how certain factors in life could build up to that right so We've talked about these things that are going on in our life, but what can we do to actually live our best life? And I think Sam hit the nail on the head right in the beginning, is that you have to identify what your best life is for yourself. It can't be what your mom wants, what your friends are doing, what society is doing. Like some people, their best life would literally just be to stay in their home and not have to engage with any people. That's their best life. Some people Mm -hmm. like to go to Bali all of the time. You have to find what would make you happy. So Sam, on that note, what do you think would be your best life situation? It's not appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, then. you guys don't know. I'm going to tell you a story. I don't know if my mom's going to listen to this or not, but I'm going to tell you a story. So, I took a long time to. Um, I'm almost 40 now. I'm, I'm turning You're 36. not almost 40. Like, I can't. No. I'm turning 36. <laughs> I'm turning 36. It's okay because I feel 20. And I don't, you know, I don't feel f- almost 40. You know, I, f- I feel Right, good. 36 isn't almost 40. 39 is okay, almost well, 40. math says you round up. So. Oh, my gosh. Half. So, you can't, I can't say I'm I'm 30. I'm barely out of my, th- no, I'm, I'm close to edging the 40 here. And that's okay. I'm embracing that. Um, but I, I, I have lived a, a double, triple life, you know. Um, I love you, mom, if you are listening. But she just found out, I swear. And those of you who know me are just kind of like, you know, amazed by that. So, she, and she really took it hard. It really did a, a number on our relationship. And I, uh, she found out through the podcast. And I knew that it was likely one of these days she was going to figure it out. Out of respect to her, though, I never swore around her. I still wouldn't swear around her. Um, but because she, I know she's a Christian and I know her values and I know how she feels about it. So and it doesn't matter who you are, you know, anyone who falls in those 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 categories. I respect you enough to not do things that I feel would make you uncomfortable. And um, so anyway, I was living this life for her. You know, I did it for her. I, I have not been honest and true to myself. And it stresses me out because it's like I'm always worried about what she's going to think about me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you don't want your mom to think bad about you. You know, you don't want your mom to think that you're, you know, I just found out this new word at work today, a ne'er do well. That means never <laughs> do well. I'm laughing because that is a word that, like, I feel like my grandmother definitely used. My mom has definitely said that. And you know what? If your grandmother or your mom says a kid is a never-do-well, that's it. You cannot associate with that kid. So you just took me way back. Yeah. No, I I just found out about that word. Let's just say I've been using it incorrectly for quite a while because I always thought it meant you did great. So... 
it's not that it's a ne'er-do-well so I always worry about that you know um and I always worry about you know how how she views me as a parent how she views me as a daughter as a as a Christian as a you know all these different things and it kind of stresses me out because I know like I don't meet in in reality I don't really don't meet any of these <laughs> you know I'm not the parent you think I am I'm not the person you think I am I am who I need to be in front of you and just like social media I'm really not happy all the time sometimes I'm sad I may be sad more than I'm happy you know I remember the yeah. picture of Christopher Robbins smiling at Christopher Robbins Robin Williams sorry mm-hmm. he's smiling and, and this says this is how depression looks you know it's true right. it's true you know I'm not this person who everyone thinks I am so for me giving up the ghost on all those things has mm-hmm. is been liberating I don't get to talk to my mom as much because she's kind of like yeah well you're not the person I thought you were you know and, and that hurt mm-hmm. me um but I also felt relief because I'm like, whew, the cat's out the bag. It's about seven more things that she doesn't know about me, you know, <laughs> just like, eh, we'll just, you know, maybe hold those. But, you know, just knowing like a little bit of Sam is coming out, like this is who I am. And that's what I told her. I was like, and I'm happy with myself. Like, I swear and I'm okay with that. Like, I have a potty mouth. That's Okay. <laughs> I, I also do other things that she doesn't know about and I'm okay with that but I'm worried so much about what everyone else thinks that I don't do don't tell people how I feel like when I was talking about my friends when we get together and we have a chance to just let loose it's so relaxing because I don't they don't care about any of this stuff like they're not worried about how much I'm drinking they're not judging how much I'm drinking oh the cat's out the bag that I drink now whoopsies so then you can always edit that out (laughs) no I'm leaving it there I'm leaving it there damn it so I they're not, they don't care about it you know they don't care about that they just like have a good time they don't care that you know oh did you talk to your kids today nope didn't talk to them at all or you know what I mean like they're not running a tab mm-hmm. on how well I am of a person or a parent they're just letting me live you know and that is the most mm-hmm. liberating thing and that's what I found you know for me that's my hashtag living my best life is just being around people who don't who I feel like are not judging me and then just letting me be just letting me be the crazy Sam that I am you know that Mm. for me is living my best life but I had to figure out like who that person is and that's me that's Sam Sam without the kids Sam without the responsibility and worrying about the expectations of others in society is just a free-flowing laughing you know maybe slightly inebriated person that's me that's Sam that's that's awesome (laughs) y'all That's great, though, that you know what your best life looks like um, and like what you want it to be and that, you know, you're working on just saying, "Okay, this is who I am. This is what I want to be. Um, And I'm not hiding it. I think that's fantastic Um, Mm -hmm. for myself. I think I'm definitely still in a process of figuring it out. Like my cousin definitely told me this week, shit or get off the pot. So I am definitely, I was like, oh, I'm glad she did because I've been thinking it all week and I've been holding it. I've been holding it. I know she she is um, coming from a good place, but I definitely Mm -hmm. um, fall victim to 
not necessarily, I don't think I have a lot of regrets because I'm kind of just like the life that I've lived is what it is so far. And it hasn't been anything like awful. Um, but I definitely think about the past, what I could have done differently. I definitely think about the future um, and what I should be doing, where I should be going by this age, because, you know, mm-hmm. you should have had a house by now and been married and done all of these things by now. Um, so a lot of overthinking and overwhelming myself um that i'm still working on and figuring out and i think they had a really good um little blurb in the article that i read on a type of loss it's called an ambiguous loss and it's a type of loss that lacks definition or closure so you're you've lost something that you've never had and you're not sure if you ever will and so there's no closure to it you're not sure what it is but it's just something Mm -hmm. is missing and I think I've been telling Sam that week I was just like I'm not in a place right now where I can Mm -hmm. kind of deal with certain aspects so I think as far as what my best life looks like I think moving forward my best life is going to be something definitely different than what I thought it was that I wanted and what I thought it was that I was going to have but I know that it's definitely not tied up in what's happening on social media um people going to Bali tiny bikinis you know, juicing and things like this. I definitely need to work on finding what that balance is. So I think that's interesting because a lot of the research that I was finding was saying that social media has this influence on Mm -hmm. women because we're getting into the idea of comparison. My life is not this. My life is not that. Um, And that was leading us to go down the wrong path. But I think for all of our listeners with finding your best life and what makes you happy, it's definitely worth it to have some quiet time and sit down and work through those things and try and identify what they are. And if you can't identify anything, maybe look into why that is. So if you feel that you start to get into something that's a little deep, we're very big proponents of telling people to go to therapy. If that is something that you can get through your health insurance, definitely by all means, reach out to someone that's a professional that can help you kind of make sense of things. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's several online sites now that people can go to um, to get therapy assistance. Well, also your employer may have something too. So most employers have employee assistant programs. Um, Mm -hmm. And so maybe you can take advantage of that resource. I think you may be, depending on the contract, sometimes up to five or more um, ses- ses- free sessions with a therapist. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. So I know we have an EAP at our, um, my job, all of the jobs I've had have had um, an EAP program, and that's government. So I've been in government my whole entire career. So I know for certain government has it. That's awesome. And healthy, happy, human. human. So moving forward into our health section this week, I wanted to talk about massage because I felt that, you know, let's take care of ourselves. It's mental health awareness. We're kind of talking about that. Some self-care things that you can do. So massage is 
wonderful. You can go to a spa, you can go to a day spa, you can be as extravagant or as scaled back as you want to be with a massage. Um, there's several different types of massage. Jiu-jitsu, not jujitsu. Oh my gosh, guys, jujitsu is a type of karate. It is not a type of massage. I would say sh- shiatsu. I was listening to it, it's- I was like, hmm. <laughs> It's not, it's not jujitsu. If you go to the day spa and they start trying to do jujitsu, why do you have to get your money jiu-jitsu. back? Because I'm like, ma'am, that's I wrong. To this podcast and they told me I should come and get a jujitsu uh, massage. <laughs> Can I hook me up with one of those, please? please it's just not going to be the right thing. So Mm-mm. it's not that you don't want to ask for that. Um, I personally like to get hot stone massages and I always say I'm going to do one every month at the beginning of the month and like have that spa day as my time to kind of assess the month, what my goals are, where I'm trying to go, but it has not happened consistently yet. But some of the benefits of massage are the reduction in muscle pain. It can potentially relieve headaches. It boosts immunity reduce stress and can help with circulation um so it's always beneficial if you can afford it and if it's something that you're interested in we don't want to make anyone feel like that's not affordable there's so many great um coupons and deals on groupon um we have hand and stone hand and stone massage out here i don't know if you have that sam but that's a day spa I've where you can go massage a day in my life you've so, never had a massage yeah. And you live in like the spa capital of the world. I feel like I feel like whenever I think of like Zen and like a retreat type no, environment, I think of like coming to is, Arizona. No, just my area of the world. Not all of Arizona is like that. Well, I but definitely highly recommend. Would you go and get one? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you know like what? We did kind of touch thing. on this before. <laughs> we kind of touched on this before. Life. <laughs> I'm not at that. But that's the thing. I'm not living that life. <laughs> and that's the thing. Massages don't have to be expensive. So I have, mm-hmm. I, I like massage. I never actually went to the spa, like a true spa, until I was maybe, I guess, either 33 or 34. Now, I had been to like day spas where you kind of just go in, you get your massage, and then you go out. Like, there's no other kind of services there. Mm-hmm. And then I finally went to a spa and I was like, oh, this is fabulous. So you can do it on all kind of levels. You have to look around. I feel like it could be as cheap as 35 bucks, and then it can go up to 200 plus. It depends on what you're trying to have done. Mm-hmm. It can get pricey though, but I think it's definitely something that can be within everyone's reach with proper research for a facility that has what you're looking for and through sites like Groupon to get an affordable time there. But Sam, I highly recommend that you try massage in the future. Today I'll do a massage. I'll also have big black sunglasses and talk about Why? and petties. Oh, that's the life. Right now I'm see, living I that. See. Did I comb my hair and wash my butt? Life, like, did I do that today? Like, what is happening? That's the life I currently have. Like, 
do I match? <laughs> so literally this morning, I was like, I don't think these shoes match, but it's too late. Got to go. School's going to start. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I, don't right, have, right. I don't have that massage life right now. Like I can't, I can't, I feel like massage right now would just be pointless, a fruitless effort for me because I'll just come back until I can get rid of the source of my stress. I feel like it's just, mm. That's just my thought on it. Like, I'm just going to come back and get all stressed up all over again because I have quite a bit of responsibility that won't stop. So, But it'll always be there for the rest of your life. But I think it's worth it to try. No, and that's what I'm going to get once. my massages. I'm going to have my black glasses and talk about Manny and Petties and jettison all over the place. That's, see, that's my that's my my hopes and dreams. What do they say? Pray, hope, and what is and pray, hope and pray that's <laughs> what I'm doing no I don't know hope this and pray. I'm th- the only <laughs> one that I was like thoughts and prayers all the time <laughs> hope He's and like, pray I was like, uh, yeah I was like Mike I want to do da 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 he's like well hope and pray <laughs> I was just like oh. I can't stand you kid <laughs> he is too much I'm telling you he's definitely an older man in a little yeah. kid body. All my friends it's, it's say, tough. like, he's not going anywhere. You can just hang it up. Like, that kid's staying home for college. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, no, no. I don't know. But that but is... Yeah, I do um, agree. Like, massages are going to be, like, they are probably very good for people. I think so. And so, leaning into growth... Moving right along to our final segment of the week. Our favorite is always talking about finance and tips that you can use to save yourself a little money, especially as we get into the holiday season. So this week we talked about, thanks, Siobhan. This week we talked about, um, what did we say? Massages and therapy, etc. So a little nugget that I know of is your local university. So your local university or community college may have some of the things that you need at a really, really good deal. And you probably get a lot of good services from it. So for example, our graduate students actually do therapy. And it's supervised. Yeah, and it's supervised therapy because it's a part of their like course curriculum that they have to have so many Mm -hmm. hours of practicum. And so, yeah, so they're doing it with a professor that's right there with them. So you're getting both the professor who's probably nine times out of 10, not probably, but more than likely been in the profession and doing these things for years and years and has the skill set to help this person evaluate you. Plus you're getting a fresh set of eyes um, to look at your situation right out of the book. So they generally, I think are more aggressive. Like it's like starting a new job. You're like, Oh, what are all these things? You know? So you may get more bang for your buck. I think someone told me they go every week for a dollar. Wow. Yeah, literally a dollar. But the only catch is like for them, for them, they have you have to keep your appointments like you can't cancel. There's the school of dentistry that in your, you know, look at your schools of dentistry. Maybe you can go there and get your dental work done for a cheaper price. There's schools of cosmetology. Go there, get your hair done for a cheaper price. Um, There's um, 
what else is it oh massage therapy we have Mm -hmm. uh at our at our job we have like a occupational therapy program and a part Mm -hmm. of that is massage therapy and so they actually give out massages again for five dollars um and you can make an appointment you just have to keep your appointment and the students will give you the massage i've heard a lot of good things about our students and their massages um you know what samantha I never even thought of that. The only time that I had ever heard of like getting a service like that was, um, how do you say it? For cosmetology school. I always knew you could go in and the students would cut your hair or do something like that. And then I found out I have a friend that became a dentist. And when he was in dentistry school, he was like, people come in and get their, get worked on by dental students and you get your work done. But that's so smart, especially for something like therapy that can be so expensive mm-hmm. for people, but they want that service. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's really awesome. So- that's my money tip for this week. Um, try to look at your local universities and professional schools like dentistry, etc., and see if they have any services that they can provide for you. Of course, you know, you. the caveat is, you know, they may not be able to provide the level of service you need, but at least it's, you know, check it off your list. Like, oh, I tried to get it there first. So, Right, right. Excellent. That's really something worth looking into i would have never thought for some of the services that that was an option yep for some of it yep it depends on the university too of course what they offer for programs fantastic so that is gonna be it for the week sam do you have an affirmation for this week I do have one, and it came off of our mother because I'm adopted into their family. Her page, her Facebook page. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can only Y'all imagine what it's coming. <laughs> no, this is a good one. <laughs> um, it says, "This is the she posted this on her page the other day." Become so confident in who you are that no one's opinion, rejection, or behavior can rock you. I think that's fitting for our episode today. And I think it's fitting to remember that as we move forward in our week, that you need to be confident in yourself. Again, like Siobhan said, self-confidence ties into um, midlife crisis. So to avoid the um, onset or to avoid going into a deeper portion of a midlife crisis or whatever you want to call it perhaps taking a look at what's making you feel less confident and work on that to become more confident so that someone else's opinion and rejection or behavior cannot rock you awesome i'll have to let my mom know that you used her for your affirmation of the week (laughs) she ought to be listening She's gonna look. She's she's gonna look. She's gonna reach out to you and be like, "I see you, Samantha." (laughs) Um, I think for me for this week, my affirmation is just, "I am capable." That is it. Nice and simple this week. I'm capable to do things. You know, you don't have to overthink things. And it's like at the end of the day, if you just sit down and look right in the moment in the present, you're already doing it. So Mm -hmm. don't stress it. You're mm-hmm. capable. Mm-hmm. 
cool cool and that's it for me that's our show that's our show well we are we did good we kept it under an hour for you guys so hope you enjoyed it of course like always before we completely end siobhan will come back on and tell you how to get in touch with us again we have some very exciting changes coming up i know i've been saying that for like the past three weeks but seriously it's happening like in the next coming weeks and i just wanted to make sure you stay as excited as we are about some of the fresh new designs that we're going to bring to you for the podcast and um, other changes that are just going to hopefully enhance your um, listening and pleasure that you have with us. So that sounded kinky. It did, Samantha, I'm so glad you said it because I was going to be like, oh, snap, you should have seen my face. I was like, well, then. Ain't nobody be, be like, that's back in October, all that pleasure and enjoying yes. themselves yes. with us. Yes. We're over that month. (laughs) All right, guys. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Wednesday. (laughs) Bye. Hey, guys. Just a reminder that Sam and I are sharing these things with you because we believe in them. We actually use them. And we're letting you know what we think works for us. We are not paid or sponsored to use or recommend any of the items that we talk about during the podcast. And we will always link to everything that we talk about in the show notes on our Facebook page where you can find us at the Noir Professionals at Facebook and at Instagram. Or you can email us at the Noir Professionals at gmail.com. 